More and more people have been taking advantage of what vegan diets have to offer, and what they have to offer is enormous. It's important to understand why we're doing this, because a lot of people are a little bit confused. If a person comes in here and says, well, I heard a plant-based diet might help me lose weight or might help me with my diabetes, they may not be too sure what those connections are. Once you learn, for example, that fat has nine calories per gram, that's why we want to get away from the fat. Carbohydrates have only four. Or once you understand that diabetes responds really well to getting the fatty foods out of the diet because that helps restore insulin sensitivity, then you know why you're doing it. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for giving the show a listen or a view or a download, wherever it is in the world that you are. We appreciate the fact that you are here. Welcome to 2021. Happy New Year. On the show today, we are going to be laying out the first 21 days of 2021. Indeed, 21 days toward a healthier you. We're going to be getting a roadmap for adopting a plant-based diet from Dr. Neil Barnard. It's everything that you need to know. Talking about getting ready to make the change. And then what does the first week look like? And what changes should you be making in the second and third weeks? And what mindset do you need to adopt? Of course, we're also going to be hearing about the health advantages that come with the plant-based diet and an abundance of resources that are available to you to make the switch. I'll tell you, if you are already vegan, this would be the perfect podcast to share with a friend or a loved one who has expressed interest in perhaps ditching meat and dairy from their diet this year. This is a great how-to. We're laying out the first 21 days of 2021. And then we'll be hearing from someone who has already made the change very successfully, I might add. Social media star Plentiful Kiki. Here's the thing about Kiki. She was pre-diabetic. She had high blood pressure. She had high cholesterol. And she was 70 pounds overweight. In her own words, quote, I was a mess. She's not a mess anymore. So today we're going to be hearing what her journey to a healthier life looked like. And we're also going to learn what the secrets were to her success. And how she accidentally, accidentally became a social media star. And now is an inspiration for tens of thousands of people who also want to clean up their health. This is a great story to get you ready for a new year and a new, healthier you. But we begin today with that roadmap, the first 21 days of 2021. Here now is my conversation with Dr. Neil Barnard. It is 2021, and that means New Year's resolutions are on the table. And for the vast majority of us, 
especially given the circumstances of the longest year in history, 2020, we are taking a harder look at our health. And for millions and millions and millions of people, that starts with wanting to lose weight. And you're hearing so much about this. What is the best way now to lose weight and to get healthy? And more importantly, about that weight to keep it off long term, adopt a plant-based diet. So how do you do this? This episode is for those who are attempting to adopt that plant-based diet for the very first time. We're going to give you the ins and outs. And to walk us through that today is the one and only Dr. Neil Barnard. Dr. Barnard, thanks for being here and Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year to you, Chuck. The the whole process of getting started on a plant-based diet for somebody who really is just learning about this for the first time, it can seem overwhelming. How in the world can I possibly live without hamburgers? How in the world can I give up cheese, for goodness sakes? How often do we hear that? But it can be done, and you have given such great advice, and I would love it if you could share that with us once again. So let's just start at the top. Somebody really wants to take control of their health. What is the first step in this process? Let's call it the, the first 21 days of 2021. Great. Um, well, first of all, I hope lots of people are doing it. Um, more and more people have been taking advantage of what vegan diets have to offer. And what they have to offer is enormous. And so uh, if, if this is your first time um, uh, learning about this, well, welcome to the club. Uh, for starters, I think it's important to understand why we're doing this, uh, because a lot of people are a little bit confused. If a person comes in here and says, well, I heard a plant-based diet might help me lose weight or may, might help me with my diabetes or something, but they may not be too sure what those connections are. It's not a bad idea to take a day or two and just learn about it. Um, I write books about this. There are many other people who write books on our website, PCRM org and the, the many, many exam room podcasts um, and exam room live episodes will, will get you up to speed on, on the why. Because once you know why, then, then it's easier to understand like how I'm, I'm going to be readjusting my diet. Um, and when I say why, uh, once you learn, for example, that fat has nine calories per gram, that's why we want to get away from the fat because carbohydrates have only four. Or once you understand that diabetes responds really well, to getting the fatty foods and the animal products out of the diet because that helps restore insulin sensitivity, then you know why you're doing it. So number one, figure out kind of why. Um, then I got to tell you, Chuck, I have a two-step system that I use for introducing this. And, and the reason that I use these two steps is that most people imagine, kind of what you were saying at the top of the program, Chuck, is that this is overwhelming. This is impossible. If I go vegan, I'll have to acquire a taste for folk music. Um, maybe I'll have to wear my diet clothes. You know, this, this is an impossible thing. How do I do it? Um, we have had thousands of people come in into our research studies and into our medical center, and I have never seen anyone unable to make this transition because we break it into the following two steps. Step one, uh, take a week, seven days, to just check out the vegan foods that you could eat. Make a list. Get ready to, to start. You don't have to throw anything out yet, but make a list of the vegan foods you would like. And when I say vegan, I just mean things that don't have animal products in them. A vegan diet is, it's not a person from the planet vegas. It just means no animal products. So um, on my list could go, um, let's say I have Cheerios for breakfast with cow's milk. Now I'll have Cheerios with almond milk. Easy. Uh, I have my oatmeal without the added added milk. Have it with blueberries or 
sliced banana or something like that. And for lunch, instead of the meat taco, have the bean burrito. Anyway, so, so step one, seven days, make your list. Step two, and, and this is where it, it gets really great. Take 21 days and now go completely vegan. No animal products at all for 21 days, which is very easy because, um, frankly, you can do anything for 21 days. And secondly, you already made your list. So eat the foods that you made your list, uh, that you put on the list. And after 21 days, you will be physically healthier. You'll, you'll be losing weight. Your blood sugar will be down. You'll feel, you'll have better digestion. You'll feel mentally clearer. But your attitude about foods will change. You'll discover, gee, I don't, I didn't miss chicken. Didn't really miss fish. Isn't that amazing? Um, and you'll, you'll discover all kinds of new products, and new movies, and new foods and new restaurants, and, and also lots of friends who have been vegan for a long time, and they were wondering when you would catch up with them. So <laughs> step, you know, step one, seven days to make your list. Step two, three weeks to do your test drive, and, and that's where we that's where we like to start the clock ticking. All right, well, let's try to give some people some advice here for after they have that list, they put that uh, week in, that thought, they've got everything jotted down on paper. Now they're ready to start making that transition. Uh, week one, should it be just kind of slowly incorporating these foods? Or when you're talking about those 21 days, are you talking about a completely plant-based diet? Completely plant-based diet. Dive in. Um, you have been sticking your toe in the water for the seven days preceding it. Um, you're at that wonderful swimming pool that other people are saying the water's fine jump in. Now, if you want to transition in, you can, but um, if you jump in, that's when you're going to see more profound health benefits, more weight loss. And then when you feel those health benefits, it reinforces you to want to keep going. Uh, the slower you wade into the water, the longer it takes to get used to it. I wonder if there's been any research conducted on whether somebody is more inclined to be successful if they do go all in right up front versus gradually adopting that diet. Um, I think people can really do what fits them. And there are a lot of people who say, well, I want to sort of transition into it. Um, the one thing I would encourage anybody to do, however gradually you get there, is at some point do it all the way for three weeks. If, all, if you never actually get that last bit of cheese or bacon out of your diet, you'll, you'll discover that you're kind of holding yourself back. But Chuck, I do have to say, I do have a couple of things that, that people should be doing during the first week. Oh, yes. Um, and that is number one, let's say you have diabetes. Let's say you got a lot of weight um, or let's say you're on medications for your blood pressure. Um, during the first week, call your doctor and say to your doctor or, or your nurse practitioner, whoever your caregiver is, say, I'm gonna be getting, going to be beginning a low fat vegan diet I wanted you to know. And the doctor will say, thank you so much for letting me know because I'm gonna need to adjust your insulin dose as you get healthier. Um, or I'm going to need to adjust your antihypertensives as you get healthier. So let your doctor know. And step two, or um, tip two really, is uh, if you want to use the transition foods, now is a pretty good time to do that. By that I mean instead of pork sausage, veggie sausage. Instead of meat burger, the veggie burger. Uh, instead of milk, cow's milk, yogurt, you're having the soy yogurt or the almond yogurt. The transition foods simulate the meat products or the dairy products, and yet they are cholesterol-free, and they're, they're a healthy choice that it's kind of your version of methadone to get you off your culinary addiction. 
Um, I want to go back to what it was that you were talking about working with your doctor, because one of the things that we do here at the Physician Committee is work with doctors to educate them on the benefits of a plant-based diet. And I know so often we have heard from viewers and listeners of the exam room and uh, exam room podcast, and they, they say, well, I told my doctor that I was going on a plant-based diet. And they were like, you're not going to get every nutrient that you need. So maybe if you could offer some advice for how you could help educate your own doctor as you start asking these questions, because I would hate to think that somebody goes in there with these great intentions, they're reared up, ready to go with this new diet, and then they feel like they've got a bucket of cold water poured on them. Yeah, that can happen, although luckily it's pretty rare. Um, uh, in our research studies, let's say I bring in 50 people and they have diabetes and we're gonna be doing a, a vegan diet to, to test its effect. We always have the participants notify their doctors about their, their private doctors about what they're doing. And I would say that 95% are extremely enthusiastic because they know that when the patient goes vegan, they are going to get healthier. But you do have that sort of one in 20 who was sitting in the back of the class in medical school um, on the day when they were talking about protein and plant-based foods. And they kind of snoozed during that lecture and that they, they, um, they got the idea, this sort of 1940s idea that there's not enough protein or whatever. Plant-based diets are very nutritious and they are definitely the way to go. If for whatever reason, that's your doctor who's giving you a hard time and saying have, have meat for iron or something, then you can use that doctor for medical treatments and monitoring, but you're gonna need to get your nutritional advice from someone who's competent and up to date. All right. So now we've got the first seven of the 21 days down. Let's talk about what days eight through 14 might look like. How is that second week going to differ? Okay. What I would suggest that this is a time to stick to stick with vegan, no animal products. Don't let them come back. Um, because if you do bring them back, your temptation is going to, um, going to hit you. Um, so keep, keep going on a vegan direction, but now I would focus on two other things. One is um, keep fat low. What you'll discover is a lot of foods are vegan and, and that's great. They're much healthier. They don't have animal fat, but the vegetable fat is still more than you'd want. So keep the oils really low. And I'm thinking about things like um, French fries, potato chips. Uh, you want, want to keep those things off to the side. Added cooking oils. Now is the time to use your non-stick pan, to use your non-oil salad dressings. And if losing weight is a particular goal for you. This is a time to even minimize nuts and avocados, that kind of thing. If you're skinny and you don't have diabetes, you know, nuts on today, knock yourself out. But if you're really trying to lose weight, you might set the, the fatty foods aside. So, so that's thing one. Thing two, um, during the second week, now's the time to go for flavor because the novelty is not there. You're, 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 you've got some expertise now that you've done this for seven days, but you want to start thinking about other flavors. So if you, let's say you're a spice person, drag out the jalapenos and throw them into that burrito or into the soup or on your pizza or whatever. Uh, get the ginger, which is every person in Asia knows about it, but growing up in North Dakota, I never knew anything about it. So, but that's something you can put on your broccoli. Um, get some seasoned rice vinegar to go on your green leafy vegetables or some Bragg's aminos or these kinds of things. Bring in the flavor. Why am I saying to do that? Because that allows you more variety in your foods and it also will seduce your family so that they're gonna think, oh, this is the best Brussels sprouts I ever had. You know, you never heard that sentence pronounced in your family before, did you? <laughs> <laughs> so have fun with that. And while you're doing it, um, you'll see that, that we've got lots and lots of guidance for you at pcrm.org. 
and also in the 21-day vegan kickstart program. Absolutely. Matter of fact, we have the free uh, 21 day vegan kickstart app that you can download on your mobile device right now. And, th and that's really just a step by step how to of how to go ahead and do this thing. So now we've got the first two weeks down. You've got all of this momentum. You're really rolling at this point. What does that final week of the 21 days look like? OK. Um, oh, by the way, speaking of the app, um, it, it's there, it's great, it's free, and it's not sponsored by any commercial entity, so you can feel confident about it. It's in English, it's also in Spanish. And the reason I mention that is some of you people who are watching are caregivers. You're a nurse, you're a dietitian, you're a doctor, and you're looking for the tool to give your patient to kind of hold their hand. And so the 21 Day Vegan Kickstart on their iPhone, on their Android, has got you covered, whether, you, whether it's an English-speaking patient, Spanish-speaking patient. Okay, uh, so talk about week three. Uh, you got through week one, you got through week two, week three, start with a, a pat on the back. Most people go their whole lives never having had even one week on a really optimal diet. Well, now you've been vegan for two weeks. That's great. And in stand on the scale, you probably noticed that a pound or two has gone away, evaporated. That's great. Your digestion is a little bit better. Um, your mood is probably getting better too. Um, week three, let me encourage you to go for variety this week and experiment more with different foods. So let's say we're not in a pandemic and let's say you're able to go out to eat. Look at what your restaurant choices might be. Uh, the Italian place that's been your favorite for a long time. You know, they got angel hair pasta topped with an arrabbiata sauce instead of the meat sauce. And it happens to be vegan. And the Chinese restaurant has got rice dishes and vegetable dishes and tofu dishes. And if you never had Sichuan tofu, go for that. See what happens. Um, or be more adventurous than that. Go to the sushi bar. Don't have the fish sushi. Have the cucumber roll, the asparagus roll, the sweet potato roll, the miso soup, the seaweed salads, vegan foods, super healthy. Uh, here in Washington, we have lots of Ethiopian restaurants, Thai restaurants, Korean restaurants, Vietnamese restaurants. And some of them have meat items, uh, but they've got lots of vegan items, go there, try them out. Uh, whether you're looking at my books or other people's books, try different recipes and see what, you, what you're finding. The whole idea in this week, week three, is experiment with other things because then you're gonna, dis you're, you're gonna discover something. You had thought two weeks ago that a vegan diet was gonna be constraining. But what you've discovered now is you have opened up the doors to a whole new way of thinking about food, which is virtually every culinary tradition has got simple foods, whether it's uh, black beans in Latin America or chickpeas in Italy, lentils and spinach and potatoes in India. They have these si simple, humble staples that turn into absolute masterpieces and kind of get to know them. Um, okay, so anyway, experiment. And one other thing, Chuck, if, if I can just mention this. Um, now is the time to make sure that you're supplementing appropriately. A lot of people get low in B12. And, and frankly, that's regardless of diet. Many people are not getting vitamin B12 uh, that they need. You must supplement. And on a vegan diet, it's, it's essential. But it's easy. Uh, the amount you need is 2.4 micrograms a day. Go to the drugstore, go to the health food store, go to the grocery, and you, they've, they've all got, got it by the smallest B12 bottle you can get, smallest B12 dose, it might be 200 micrograms, something like that, take it every day. Um, if you are not getting vitamin D from sunlight, which is the natural source, if you live in a cold place and you're just not getting sun, 
And regardless of diet, you might want to be taking vitamin D. Uh, 2,000 IUs a day would be what most doctors would recommend. If you are not using iodized salt, uh, you might even consider an iodine supplement. And, and so many people, regardless of diet, are running low in iodine, needed for healthy, healthy thyroid. And there, the amount is 150 micrograms a day is, is the amount that people are using. Um, if you're using iodized salt, don't worry about it. If you're getting sunlight, don't worry about vitamin D, uh, but do take B12 no matter what. So that's week three. You know, that, that trip to the sushi bar or just to pick up sushi, that would also help with the iodine, as you've uh, mentioned on this show many, many times. Those sea plants mm -hmm. tend to have that. They sure do, Chuck. Uh, the, the nori that's used to wrap the sushi, um, very high in iodine. Uh, the wakame that's in your miso soup um, or the little thin, de delicate arame that goes on there, little cucumber salad. Uh, all seaweeds have, uh, Frank, that, that's actually nature's source of iodine. All right. Well, let's uh, kind of wrap this up here. The first 21 days of 2021. Let's bring it home with a couple of commonly asked questions. And I think that whenever we start out to make a big change, we always set goals for ourselves. For weight loss, it's really easy. You've got a number here. But with a plant-based diet, you can see improvement in so many areas, whether it's your uh, blood pressure, your cholesterol, your weight, so many different things. How rapidly, though, Dr. Barnard, might somebody expect to see improvement once they do eliminate meat and dairy from their diet? Well, some changes occur on day one. Um, and people start losing weight on day one. Um, and, and here, let me, let me encourage people, take it slow. Um, so many people are eager to lose 25 pounds in the first month you know, or something like that. And, and you'll see commercials on TV making all kinds of wild promises. Here's my feeling. Let's say there's, well, there's 52 weeks in a year. And if you lose a pound a week, I mean, that's, that's huge weight loss, 50 pounds, 52 pounds in a year. What if you lose just a half a pound a week? That's 26 pounds that you would lose every year that, you know, you didn't gain weight that fast. So, so you can lose it at that gradual pace. That's good. But it will start right away on, on the first day, uh, typically. Your blood sugar is usually, if you have diabetes and your blood sugar is high, it will usually start dropping within the first week. The first couple of days it might, um, it actually might even go up. It might go in the wrong direction. But after a few days, it starts to come down. Uh, what's happening is your insulin resistance takes a little time to go away. But after three, four, five days, it should start coming down as well. Uh, blood pressure takes a little bit longer. Uh, but as you are losing weight, your blood pressure is going to come down. And within about two weeks, you'll start to see it uh, trending down. And, and as the weight comes off, it'll come down more and more and more. Uh, for your cholesterol, I would give it about two months, maybe three months before you get tested again. And it will certainly have dropped in that time frame. All right. And last question. Uh, once you adopt a plant-based diet, believe me, get ready to be asked this yourself time and time and time again. But Dr. Barnard, because we are talking to people who are adopting this diet for the very first time, I must ask, where does somebody who is eating a vegan diet get their protein? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's really important to remember that protein is not only in meat. You know, I grew up in North Dakota and our idea back in the 1950s and 60s was that meat had protein. Vegetables gave you vitamins and potatoes or other starchy foods would give you just calories and energy. And so if you took the protein out, you took the meat out, the protein's all gone, right? Well, it turns out that plants, the vegetables have protein too. Uh, broccoli and other green vegetables have protein and beans have protein and even fruit has protein and the grains have protein. So if you eat 
plant foods, you will get all the essential amino acids, which are the protein building blocks. Uh, have a variety. Have grains and beans and vegetables and have the fruit in there too. And you're going to get more than enough protein, even if you are an athlete who has, has somewhat higher than average protein uh, needs, you'll, uh, you'll get plenty. Uh, by the way, uh, along with this comes the question about calcium. Uh, if I'm not having dairy, will I get calcium? The answer is sure. Cows don't make calcium. Calcium in milk came from the grass that the, the, the cow ate. Green leafy vegetables pull calcium from the soil, and that's where the cow got it. And if you're eating green vegetables, hopefully not grass, but have broccoli and kale and collards and Brussels sprouts and whatever else, um, they will give you their calcium, and it's highly absorbable from, from those sources. Yeah, I assure you that the blades of grass in your front lawn are not on the menu on the 21-day vegan <laughs> kickstart app. I, I, <laughs> Dr. Barnard, thank you so very much for, for roadmapping the first 21 days of a plant-based diet for us here in 2021. And I will say just from personal experience as somebody who has lost a tremendous amount of weight, I feel more confident than ever on this diet. Matter of fact, this is after I went vegan, this was the very first time that I was no longer afraid of putting that weight back on. It really, you know, so many people will lose the weight and they'll put it back on. That's the yo-yo cycle. That's why we do these shows every single year. But if you stick with this plan that Dr. Barnard and I have been talking about the first 21 days and you use that to kickstart yourself in this direction and you stay on it, I promise you, you can throw that yo-yo in the trash. You're never going to use it again. So that is my whole hearted endorsement for a plant-based diet. I would not be talking about this if it did not work. So you know, you're, you're so right, Chuck. And let me throw in one other thing, if you don't mind, um, because it's so important. I, I'm hoping that people who are listening to this program will use one other little tip, and that's think of who's around you. Um, who's, who's, in your, who's in your home? Um, do you have a spouse or a partner? Do you have kids? Maybe your parents live with you. Um, think about them in two ways. One is they can be your allies. Say, honey, I want to do this vegan diet. I want to do it for three weeks. Are you in? Will you do a three-week experiment with me? If it's short-term, they're going to say yes. Um, but the other way to think about them is maybe they need a diet change. So when you have been learning about it, don't keep it a secret. Make sure you let other people know because you'll probably end up saving their life. The links to everything are in the episode notes. Everything that you need to get going. The Vegan Kickstart app, all of our courses, all of that are included in the episode notes. So just scroll on down if you're ready to get going on a healthier 2021. So now you know how to do it. Let's hear from someone who's actually done it going to be speaking now with Plantiful Kiki. She is a mother of two and was very athletic, very active growing up. But like so many of us, as the years passed by, her weight and her health began to spiral out of control. And in the midst of that spiral, her blood pressure went up, her cholesterol went up, and her weight went up. The number on the scale, 70 pounds overweight. But as a mother of two, this was concerning because she wanted to be around for her children. She wanted to be able to play with them and be active and see them grow up. 
So what does she do? She turns to a plant-based diet. And she commits to it and she goes all in. And by doing so and sharing her story so publicly, she kind of accidentally became a social media star as well. And now she's an inspiration to thousands as they too seek to follow in her footsteps and do something that they thought was never possible. And that is finally conquer their health demons. So this is a great story about a journey back to health and toward a brighter future. Continuing here on the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee with the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. I'm so excited now to be speaking with another weight loss success. You may be familiar with her from YouTube and Instagram. She has tens of thousands of followers on Instagram and more than 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. With that, we welcome Plantiful Kiki to the show. Thank you so much for being here, Kiki. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm thrilled that you are here because you are bringing hope and joy and inspiration to the world at a time when it is so desperately needed. Your story is so remarkable, and I'm so glad that you're here to share that with us today. I think, you know, we use the word journey quite a bit, and I think that it's almost overused, except it's so appropriate for someone who has been on that journey, who has really just changed their entire life. It's crazy. It's a journey. It totally is a journey. After going on a plant-based diet, you lost 70 pounds. You were pre-diabetic. That's out the window. High blood pressure. I'm assuming that's under control now as well. Absolutely. Like like it never happened. High cholesterol? Gone. (laughs) All right. So we've got the success. Now, now, now let's start at the beginning. Uh, Growing up, was weight always an issue for you? So growing up, I really did not struggle a whole lot with weight. I was very athletic, very active. I was generally just a thicker, stockier kid, but I started noticing once I hit puberty that, yeah, it was hard to stay down at a healthy weight. But as a child, I really didn't struggle. But then as a teenager, started to struggle more and more with my weight. For sure. So like entering high school years or like, yeah, entering high school, like freshman year, I think I gained like 20 pounds. (laughs) It was pretty crazy. I don't know what changed, just food changed. I don't know. You're a high schooler. You're going out to lunch with your friends. You're just eating junk, you know? Yeah. Let's, let's talk about what that standard diet was. I mean, for me, why I was so overweight. I mean, it was no secret. It was a lot of unhealthy food. You talk about going out to eat with your friends. Yeah. It was fast food every day. Mm-hmm. What was it the same for you? Totally. It was fast food because fast food is fast and it's cheap. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had, I was, my mom was a single working mom. And so we got a couple dollars. So you made those couple dollars go far and they go farthest on the dollar menus at places. So <laughs> no question about it. What was your regular haunt? Gosh, anything like 
cheeseburgers, French fries, Coke. Like it was terrible. Potato yeah. chips, you know, nothing that was real food. Did your school have vending machines where, I mean, that was stocked with candy bars and chips and things like that? Yeah, back then, like, they still sold soda in the vending machines. Like, all of the food was just junk food. It was crazy. I mean, it's so readily available. And then yeah. you wonder why, you know, kids are, are struggling with their weight these mm -hmm. days. Um, so this progressed and you gained 20 pounds as a freshman. Did that cycle kind of continue through your sophomore, junior, senior years? You know, I kind of maintained that weight gain. And it was, I was, again, really athletic. So I didn't seem to gain more beyond that. But I was definitely, I'm small. I'm barely 5'4". So I think I was like... 145 or 150 around that time. So still just a little heavier than I should be for my height and age for sure. Um, but after I got married and had my first child, I really got into fitness and I actually was able to maintain like 135 pounds for a few years, but it was very painful because I had to overexercise and undereat. It was like, Horrible. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So now here we go. Over exercise and under eat to yeah. maintain that weight. Um, what the reason that you became so competitive with fitness after your first child was that? Well, what was that reason? I, I don't want to speculate. Just you know, your body changes so much after you have a baby, and after I got out of the fog of sleepless nights and breastfeeding, I just really wanted to get back to a place where it's taking care of myself, you almost become aware of, wow, I, I need to be healthy for this child. I want to raise a healthy child. So I just really wanted to be in what my mind was going to be a healthy space. And what was, uh, you talk about under eating at that point. Let's look at what your menu typically was during the day. How many calories were you taking in, do you think? Like maybe 1,200 calories a day. Wow. So it was extremely difficult, but it's what a lot of the fitness world really puts out there is count your calories, keep them low. It was low carb. So lots of protein and vegetables. That was probably more vegetables that I'd eaten in my entire life. But yeah, it, it's not enough to, to fuel you. That's for sure. Well, yeah, yeah. You, you spoke about vegetables. That kind of somewhat surprises me because we know that you can get a lot of bang for your buck, uh, stretch your, your calories quite a long ways when you're eating, you know, whole foods like that, which are nutrient dense, but not necessarily calorically dense. So what else were you eating besides vegetables to take up those 1200 calories? So it's funny how much like salmon takes up in calories and the little bit of, you know, cereal that I would want here or there, or just snacks like crackers, like everything was accounted for. And yes, I was eating more vegetables, but it wasn't like platefuls of vegetables. It was like a little serving of broccoli, but I was still trying to eat things like crackers and bread and butter and cheese, but just reduce them to fit into 1200 calories. So you can imagine like 1200 calories gets used up really quickly for very little volume when you're eating foods that are so high in calories. 
And what would happen is I would just go through this like restrict and binge cycle. I would restrict all week long, but then Friday would hit and I just couldn't take any more. And I would end up eating like a whole pizza and then feel guilty Saturday and then just give in on Sunday and then start the process over on Monday. You know? So if you knew, uh, I mean, you only have to do it once to know that you're not going to feel very well afterward, you know, emotionally or physically for that matter. But why is it then that you continue to do that? What was that pull like for you that said, man, I got to eat this whole pizza and consequences yeah. be damned? I think it's just that hunger drive in your body feeling like it's not getting enough. And when you surround yourself with like those super calorie dense, rich, palatable foods, I feel like there's something inside of you that just is like, you can't hold back or at least then for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you, did that upset your stomach? I mean, because if you're eating not a plant-based diet, but relatively cleaner throughout the rest of the week, and then you have this big greasy pizza, any tummy trouble with that? I'm a little, but like, I really have always joked and said that I could digest rocks. <laughs> for the most part, I really have a pretty hearty digestive system. It didn't, sometimes I would feel sick for sure, but not enough to deter me from continuing <laughs> to participate in the cycle. And how much exercise were you getting here? You, you said under eating, but over exercising. What was that like? A lot of exercise. So I would lift very heavily at the gym at least an hour five days a week. And then on top of that, I would also run anywhere between six and 11 miles a day. Wow. So, and I just like, when I think back, I don't physically know, I don't know how my body kept up with that. All I do know is that I was definitely irritable, foggy brained, didn't have a ton of energy. And yeah, I feel so much better now. <laughs> I'll bet. Like I'm just sitting here and the gears are working in my mind is only taking in 1200 calories, yeah. but lifting heavy and running anywhere between six and 11 miles a day. I mean, you're daggone near burning off everything right th then and there. Like, wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're burning off everything. I started having trouble with anxiety. I feel like my body was just at its wits end. And I kind of kept that cycle up for about two years. That's mm. And then I hit like my breaking point. And were you actually doing competitions here? Or was this just something you were trying to prove to yourself? I was just trying to get in shape. I thought the idea of entering a fitness competition would have been great, but I couldn't put on any measurable amount of muscle because there just wasn't anything, you know, to build muscle from because I was burning through absolutely everything I was taking in. And what was... Uh, your your partner's response at this point, um, you know, your husband, like what, what was he saying? I mean, you, you just mentioned that you were irritable. You were a little bit foggy headed. He must've noticed those changes in you. Did he ever voice a concern? You know, I don't think, I don't think he really got to the point where it was like, okay, something is wrong. I think he definitely noticed. I mean, it took its toll on our relationship for sure. We had to like do some repairing after that because yeah, I was just, I was short, I wasn't happy, you know, it kind of feeds like this really perfectionist mentality of everything needs to be perfect. And yeah, I mean, it, it hurt our relationship for a while, for sure.
yeah, and, and man, you know, it's there's there is this belief that we have to strive for perfection and everything that we see uh, on TV or online, you know, perfection comes so easily to, you know, the people that have hundreds of thousands, millions of followers and have these TV shows. But in reality, like that's that's fantasy land. And I think that we get so wrapped up in that and it can be harmful both to us psychologically and physically as we strive to achieve that. And you wonder, why can't that be me? Well, totally. the truth is, it's really not them either. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So how much of the, the relationship then, if you don't mind my asking, played into you reaching your breaking point? You said that you did this uh, harmful cycle for about two years. Yeah. How much of, of that factored into it? And how much of it was just, my body can't take this anymore? I think, honestly, it was more my body than my relationship at that point. Like, my body psychologically, I couldn't do it anymore. I was feeling burnout. I was feeling anxious. I knew it was a problem when I was having anxiety every time I went to eat something mm -hmm. and then freaking out if I didn't know exactly how many calories were in a food and then feeling guilty and shame when I did eat something that was off plan. And I found out I was pregnant with my second child. And I said, you know what? I'm done. I am not doing this anymore. There's got to be a better way. Mm. Yeah. I can't imagine that you could do a, a healthy pregnancy at just 1200 calories a day. That no. doesn't seem feasible. No. As soon as once I found out I was pregnant, I'm like, this is done. I can't do this anymore. And I won't do this to myself and the child I have growing inside of me. So how did your diet evolve from that 1200 calories? How, you know, how much, uh, how many of those restrictions did you take off and what kind of foods did you start incorporating back into your diet? Yeah, I took them all off. I took all the restrictions off. I have always tried to be a health conscious person. I took my health seriously, even though I obviously wasn't going about it the wrong way, but we continue to learn and grow. So I just started eating. I didn't re restrict carbs anymore. I was eating lots of you know, breads and pastas and grains like rice and eating beans, but I was also eating ice cream and a ton of cheese, which I had not had a lot of for the last two years. So I was just enjoying it, you know, just sour cream on everything, bacon, <laughs> like everything. And I was packing on the pounds. Let me tell you, I packed them on fast. Could you estimate maybe how many calories a day you were taking in at that point? Chuck, to be honest, it was probably between three and 4,000 calories, like just yeah. massive amounts. I was just, this is my time to just relax and repair. I didn't, I stopped working out. I just went for walks every day and I just needed to eat and not worry about it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Did you like, as a guy, I will never experience this, but you know, we, we do know that sometimes women will have these really weird cravings during pregnancy. And if you took all of these restrictions off, were you having any kind of bizarre food cravings that you had never had before? Nothing. I was just like pizza. Yes. Donuts. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, um, so this continues through pregnancy and how, how did it change after uh, your second child was born? Did you continue down that path? So 
So the funny thing is I had this idea in my head that I would have my baby and the weight would just fall off with breastfeeding. Cause with my first kid, I just couldn't seem to keep weight on. It just kept falling off. Well, not only did that not happen, but I gained another 10 pounds during breastfeeding. So I was almost 190 pounds. Like I, when I was breastfeeding, I fluctuated between 189 and like 194 pounds. And I am again, barely five, four. So I really tried to rein it in, you know, cut back on the foods like donuts and super cheesy pizza and the potato chips and all that stuff. And tried to focus on more what I thought was wholesome foods than whole grains, whole grain pasta, but lots of salmon, lots of chicken. You know, there was still cheese. I don't know where I thought that cheese was okay or that grass-fed butter was okay, but grass-fed butter was on all of my vegetables. Like all of our vegetables were roasted with grass-fed butter or tons of coconut oil. And I think that that is really <laughs> where I just stayed there. And I, I started working out more and I would lose a few pounds, but it would come right back. It was, it was a struggle. And I kind of just like struggled like that. And I didn't understand because everything I read was like, Oh, the more fat you eat, you know, the thinner you'll be. And the more fat I ate, just the fatter I got. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that doesn't seem fair. No. Um, <laughs> Uh, so you said something that kind of stood out to me and that, um, you knew what your weight was, uh, after the, after the, the kid was born. Matter of fact, I mean, you, you quoted exact numbers and that's me. Maybe this is just me as a former big guy picking up on this and it may not be true, but were you still conscious then about your weight? And like yeah. wanting to get back down to that smaller size, because even though you had taken off those caloric restrictions and you were eating donuts and pizza all day. Um, you, you still seem like you were pretty conscious about that. Is that an accurate take? Yep. Extremely conscious. And I, oh man, my self-esteem was in the toilet. I felt powerless to change it because I didn't know what to do except count calories and restrict food. And I knew I couldn't do that anymore because just the thought of it would give me anxiety. So I went through a really like intense period where I had to heal how I thought about food and how I thought about myself. And I think that ultimately me healing those two issues within myself are what really empowered me to stay with a plant-based diet in the future. Yeah. I, I want to get to that in just a second, sure. but I also want to know about the emotions that you felt as you were eating before you made that change, because you kept on eating those unhealthy foods, even though you didn't like the results that came with it for your body. And, um, could you talk a little bit about that, how you felt with every meal at that point? Yeah, I, I guess I just didn't know what to do differently. Everything I was reading was, you know, high fat is good for you. Grass-fed meats and gra grass-fed dairies are good for you. I didn't feel like I could go back to restricting calories, but when I was eating, I would obviously feel like 
happy about the fact that I was getting to eat these foods, but then defeated at the same time that nothing was changing. And I don't know if I was like in denial, just thinking, well, my body just needs more time to adjust. But I don't know, I just felt stuck, really. I didn't know what to do because I was doing what I thought I should be doing, knowing that I couldn't go back to what I was doing. And where were you getting your nutritional advice at that point that the high fat diet was the way to go? Yeah, you know, like the paleo, everything that is out there, like, and that's what is promoted at the gyms by all of the trainers and all of the fitness classes that I was enrolled in. Everybody, all the trainers were like high protein, high fat, low carb. And I could do low carb to an extent, but I couldn't ever go like zero carb. But it was a struggle, like your brain craves carbs. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, that's where all my information would come from. So then I'd get on popular, you know, websites and listen to all of the experts in paleo nutrition. And I would keep going that way. So yeah, I just got lost in the the muddy waters that can be the internet. That man, that is not just you. I mean, that is about 99% of us. So don't, don't yep. beat yourself up. I mean, we, we are in that regard, we are set up to fail. So yep. um, really, you know, that's why I'm, I'm so glad that you're here today to share your stories because you were able to get yourself out of those muddy waters and now you're yep. swimming in crystal blue, clear, healthy water. Mm -hmm. And it's phenomenal. Um, but before we get to the crystal blue water, let's talk about uh, your health at the time not just overweight, but when did you learn that you were pre-diabetic? When did the hypertension come into play as well? Yeah. So right after I had my daughter, I had some like high progesterone issues going on. They really didn't know why my levels were so high. So I had a physical and that's when they were like, okay, like your blood sugar, your fasting blood sugar is 135. You need to get that under control. I was like, okay, I'll do it. You know, we'll figure it out. And that just kind of went on. I just kind of would adjust little things and never really see an improvement in any of my numbers. And my numbers, I would manage to lose 10 to 15 pounds, but nothing would change mm -hmm. numbers wise. And my blood sugar stayed the same. Everything just stayed the same. And that just kind of went on for a couple years after I had my daughter. Mm, that sounds like it must have been frustrating. It was so frustrating. <laughs> so frustrating. So uh, I think that there's a misnomer out there that there is a single breaking point that causes a person to change. There may be, you know, that one final moment, but it's really a culmination of many things. What was it that led you up to your decision to find a different path? So I had been dealing with, I had gone to another physical um, cause I was having a lot of female hormonal issues. So they took all my blood work again. My doctor called me and she's like, you really need to take your health seriously. She's like, you need to lose at least 40 pounds. And when she said that, I was like, <laughs> I felt like there's no way that is a huge amount of weight. I can't even get five pounds off easily there's no way I'm gonna get 40 pounds off. So I needed, she told me I needed to get the weight off that my cholesterol and triglycerides and blood pressure were bad. And if I kept going the way I was going, that 
I was going to end up on medication. My hormonal issues weren't clearing up or getting better. They just seemed to be getting worse. I all of a sudden was like breaking out with this acne everywhere. And I had really never struggled with acne. So I was really, really frustrated because it wasn't for a lack of trying. And I just remember calling a friend of mine that had moved out of state and she's like, you know what? Cause she had lost like 70 pounds. And she's like, you know what? You need to read this book called the starch solution. She did not tell me that it was a plant-based diet. She just said, you know, this doctor like helps people heal all of their issues by eating potatoes. And my response was, girl, I am Latina. Like diabetes is real for my people. I cannot be eating potatoes. Like this is my problem right now is my blood sugar. Like I can't be, she's like, just read the book. So I went straight to Barnes Noble and I got the book and I read it in like two hours, changed my life. And I was wow. like, to my husband, I was like, you need to read this book. Like, we are gonna do this. And of course he was like, great, like, here we go. Like another, <laughs> another something. So that night we watched, um, she told me to watch Forks Over Knives. So we watched that. And then, you know, after you watch something on Netflix, it'll suggest another one and what the health came up. And that's where I learned about Dr. Neil Barnard because he was in there. Mm -hmm. So I looked him up on YouTube and we actually took a, a road trip to Moab and it's about six hours from where we are. So for six hours, we listened to Dr. Barnard, like YouTube lectures in the car. And we were just like, that changed our lives. So there's no way that we could have taken in all of that information and not known that this is what was going to help me. I'm going to ask this next question specifically uh, in case there's someone who's listening to us right now who is still struggling with their weight. You, again, you said something that really, I mean, just stuck with me there. Um, the doctor tells you that you need to lose weight, tells you that you need to lose 40 pounds, but your reaction is that there's no possible way in the world that this can happen. Right. Despite the fact despite the fact that you had previously done very successfully yeah. been able to maintain a significantly lower weight and right. were very strict about your diet. So why is it that you immediately put your foot down at that point when you were close to 200 pounds versus, you know, thinking back to when you were not doing it healthfully, but you were maintaining a much, much, much lower body weight. Yeah. I think it was so damaging to me emotionally and psychologically having done that for two years that I knew there's no way I could never go back to that. I could never put myself through that again. But then at the same time, like I had no way of losing weight. I had no idea how to do it. So in my mind, it was like, there, it's not possible. Like, yeah. I gotcha. I, I can appreciate that. I can certainly appreciate that. I think it's different for everybody. You know, these, yeah. these obstacles that we put, we really put them in front of ourselves. It's really our own mind that's working against us. And so once we're able to get out of our own way, that's when you can finally allow success to occur. Um, but now let's talk about your transformation. Here's where it gets fun. So you go on this long road trip, you're, you know, binging on all of these lectures, you're acquiring all of this knowledge. Are you at that point 
at the end of that six hour road trip, are you comfortable then beginning to eat potatoes? <laughs> I was still terrified. What helped was Dr. Barnard's lecture on diabetes and the cell. And once I understood that it was the fat enabling, you know, sugar to get into the cells that was keeping my blood sugar high. Once I understood that, I was like, okay, let's do this. Let's see if it works. So we jumped in both feet and have never looked back. So uh, what was your diet like initially? That's, that's also an obstacle that people put in front of them. So it's like, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to be eating grass and lettuce all day, yeah. every day. So, uh, you know, how did you start to incorporate fun and interesting things into your diet? Yeah. So we definitely went through a transition period. We went straight to vegan, but not straight to whole foods plant-based. So, you know, we were just trying to get off of Cheetos and Taco Bell runs. So it was, oh, that Taco Bell, God, tell me I, about it. I know. So it was going to be a change and my kids, you know, it was going to be a huge change for them. So we went straight to like platefuls of spaghetti with some low fat marinara and tons of garlic bread that I would make. And we'd make tons of like baked potatoes. I would make some cheese sauce, stuff like that. But we, I'm not gonna lie, like we ate a lot of cereal, you know, like the natural cereal that is not any better for you, but you know, like the natural cinnamon toast crunch, <laughs> <laughs> you know, lots of um, low fat or oil-free bagels, things like that. So there's still a lot of refined food and candy. I'm not gonna lie, there's a lot of candy still. But the weight, even even eating those things, I was watching my my blood sugar improve. Everything in like thirty days, it was almost completely better. My blood sugar was better in thirty days. It was unreal. But I was losing like four pounds a week, eating mm. platefuls of carbs, and I just couldn't believe it. After like the first two weeks, I was like, okay, carbs are my friend. I'm digging in. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's so funny when you, when you hit that revelation and, and you've realized that not all carbs are created equally, you know, right. there's a huge difference between the donuts you had been enjoying in a previous life <laughs> versus the potatoes and pasta that you've been enjoying Absolutely. now. Um, what did that do for your self-esteem and your emotions? I mean, just a couple of weeks earlier, you were at a point where you were like, there's no way I could possibly right. ever lose 40 pounds. And now you're starting to see the results. It is amazing how quickly you can feel encouraged and feel like, oh my gosh, okay, I can do this. I'm I'm doing this. I'm heading in the right direction. I felt completely empowered and very, very quickly. Did your husband make the uh, diet switch with you? He did. He was wonderful. He knew how much I'd been struggling for years and he was like, I will give you four months. I won't complain. I won't cheat. I will eat what you make. I'll give you four months. Like, and listening to all the lectures, I made him listen to all of them in the car. He was stuck with me, right? Even my kids <laughs> took it in and my kids were learning. He watched all the documentaries because that was his way of supporting me. Mm -hmm. So, but he ended up losing like 45 pounds and 
feeling so good <laughs> that he has never been interested in looking back. And this is a guy that loved his meat and potatoes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. Like once you see the results and you realize that ditching meat, ditching dairy doesn't necessarily mean that you're no longer a macho guy. You know, you can still be as masculine as you've ever been and eat that plant-based diet. Once you realize that, and on top of that, how great you feel, man, you kind of wish, I wish I would have done this a long time ago. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so then, I mean, you, you just, you obviously seeing what you've blossomed into here, uh, have devoted your life to it. Now you're inspiring, you know, tens of thousands of others to follow in your footsteps. When did you really decide to go all in and, and start talking about your journey and trying to help others? So I never, ever ever thought I would put anything on YouTube or social media. I had no intentions. I wish I had better pictures. Like people get really tired and be like, do you have any other like before pictures? We look at the same ones. I'm like, God, I know. I never intended, you know, anytime my husband took an unflattering picture, I deleted it. But I started this channel because everybody around me was sick of listening to me rave about the benefits of a plant-based diet. To be honest, like nobody wanted to hear it anymore. None of my extended <laughs> family, none of my friends, like nobody wanted to hear about it. And I was like, this is too good to keep to myself. Like I really, my goal was to help a hundred people. I wanted to start my channel, help a hundred people, help people see how easy it can be. Cause I don't like cooking despite, you know, the fact that now I have like, you know, <laughs> The, the woman who has put out a cookbook does not like cooking. Holy cow, stop the presses. I know, but if you get my cookbook, it's like so simple. It's silly, but that's that's all I want to show people is like, because that's overwhelming. It's overwhelming to change your diet. You don't know what to eat. You don't know how simple it can be. And that's all I wanted to do. And what did your doctors have to say as they saw your blood sugar drop, as they saw your weight drop, your cholesterol, everything start to come under control? What was your what were your conversations like? Yeah. So my gynecologist was taken aback. She was completely taken aback. I gave her a copy of Dr. McDougall's book. I also gave her a copy of Dr. Barnard's, you know, Your Body in Balance book. That's my favorite book. And I mean, she's just thrilled with the changes and has started implementing them for herself. So that's really, really inspiring for me. Yo, when the yeah. doctor is taking doctor. your advice, that <laughs> is saying something. Well, and just that she wants to learn more and she wants to get more educated on the subject. I think that's everything. I mean, she, she's looking at the results every time she looks at you. So, I mean, clearly it works and, and everybody else, I mean, tens of thousands, as I said, are, are, are seeing the same <laughs> results every time they go on your IG or they look at you on YouTube. By the way, great videos you have up there. Thank you. It's, I appreciate it. I mean, you clearly spend a lot of time putting those things together. It's it's been a struggle. Like I am not a technological person. Like when my husband helped me sign up for a YouTube account, I hadn't been on a PC in at least ten years. So it was, yeah, it was that bad. <laughs> wow, wow, you are an enigma. This is wow. I mean, it's a steep learning curve. It's a very steep learning curve.
I'm sorry, but you, you clearly, I mean, your message resonated. I mean, you've been doing this. You said you've only been on YouTube for what, a year and a half or something like that. You already have more than a hundred thousand subscribers. That's, that's incredible. You're very, very grateful. Very, very blessed to just grateful that people have received me so well. And that I just, I think the best part of all of it is the countless messages I get about people feeling empowered and are now changing their own lives because that was my goal. So here we are three years in. Where are you in another two years when you hit your five-year vegan anniversary? You know, hopefully just still spreading love and empowering people to change their own lives. Plantiful Kiki, congratulations on all of your success and thank you so very much for taking the time to inspire us here on the exam room today. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. You can find a link to all of Kiki's social media accounts in the episode notes, including her YouTube channel, which now has over a hundred thousand subscribers. And as we head into this new year, we just heard what Kiki's secret to success was. And I just wanted to take a minute to also share with you what I feel is my secret to success in having lost 280 pounds and now having kept it off for more than 11 years. And I think the biggest thing, if there is just one thing, the biggest thing is cheat days. This is so controversial, cheat days. We lose weight and we celebrate that weight loss by eating the very thing that we took out of our diet to begin with because we wanted to lose weight. So say you wanted to lose 20 pounds. You've reached that goal and what do you do? You celebrate by eating an enormous pizza and follow that up with ice cream. But before you know it, that pizza, that ice cream, that one cheat day leads to another and another and another. And before you know it, you've got 20 pounds, if not more, to lose all over again. And that was a cycle that I was on. I never really set a goal of losing weight just so I could eat that unhealthy food again. That was never really my reward. I just wound up thinking that I could have one thing or another and be okay. I call it my one nacho theory because I remember very vividly one time losing 60 or 70 pounds, feeling really good about what it was that I had accomplished. And I look down, I'm working at a burrito restaurant at the time, a place called Burrito Brothers here in the Washington DC area. And I look down and what do I see? I see nachos in front of me, nachos and cheese sauce. So I get one of those nachos and a little bit of that cheese sauce and I eat it and I think, I've got this. I can have one nacho and be okay. But that one nacho very quickly became another and another and another. And then I was rolling a three pound burrito with two tortillas just to fit everything in. And then after that, I went to Taco Bell. And I call that my one nacho theory. 
because for so many of us, because food can be so addictive, you cannot have just one nacho. You can't do it. Because then everything spirals out of control once again, and all of that progress that you just had can be quickly erased. And so if you're adopting a plant-based diet, here is the thing. Really, this applies to any quote-unquote diet that you will ever go on as you try to get healthy. Eventually, after you've had success for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, whatever the case may be, you will come to a fork in the road. And that fork in the road may be in the form of a nacho, it may be in the form of a cookie or pizza or a hamburger, whatever your vice was. And you may find yourself in a social situation with friends or family where they say, hey, well, you're doing so good. You can, have, you can have a slice of pizza. You can have a little bit of these nachos and be okay. You can have just a little bit of ice cream, just one scoop. It won't hurt you. One little bit of ice cream, one day, isn't gonna derail your progress. You're not gonna, you're not gonna go back. But the problem is you will. So you will come to this situation and before you eat that nacho, before you take a spoonful of that ice cream, I really encourage you to stop and realize that you are at that fork in the road. And you have two choices. At that moment, you have two choices. You can go left and continue on this healthier path that you've been down and made such tremendous progress. Or you can go right and you can have that ice cream or nacho or pizza or whatever that vice was. You can have that. Go right. But know that by going right, you are going right back to where you were before. That is what separates success and failure with long-term health. That's what worked for me. That is my secret, is to always go left at that fork in the road. And yeah, there will be more than one fork in the road. There's going to be quite a few of them. But eventually you get into a habit or a routine of turning left where you don't even have to think about it really anymore. You're just kind of on autopilot. Guiding yourself through this healthier journey. Go left, my friend. Go left and stay healthy. That's food addiction. And that is the reality of 2021. But I promise you this, especially with the plant-based diet, this can be the healthiest year of your life. No doubt about it. Absolutely no doubt about it. Take it from me. Take it from Plantiful Kiki. Take it from Dr. Barnard. 2021 can be your year. Now then, 
we have the roadmap for the first 21 days of going vegan. And next week on the exam room, we're going to learn how radically your health can improve in the first 28 days of adopting a plant-based diet. So we're going to push things out by another week and see what happens with your health. And laying all of that out for us will be Dr. Alan Desmond, amazing gastroenterologist from across the pond. He will be joining us with a ton of science. As a matter of fact, he's coming here armed with six studies on how your gut microbiome will change during the first 28 days of eating a plant-based diet. And you're also going to hear how much your microbiome can impact your health. So it's not just that your bacteria and your microbiome are changing, it's that they are changing and your health is improving and he will be able to quantify for us exactly how much those changes are actually occurring. Going to be connecting some dots and getting you ready for the healthiest year ever. Because goodness gracious knows, after 2020, we could all use a little pick-me-up. Something to feel good about. I want to say thank you one more time to Dr. Neil Barnard for laying out that roadmap, that guide to the first 21 days of going vegan for us here in 2021. And also to Plantiful Kiki for sharing her inspiring journey back to health with us as well, getting the new year off on a happy and healthy and inspiring foot. And for everyone here at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember, stay safe, take a stand, and keep it plant-based. <laughs>